Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Jay Keaton, and I want to thank you again for listening to this Liberty and Faith podcast sermon today. God has given me a powerful sermon and revelation to pass on to you uh, today. And and really, I really want you to listen to this. I hope that you just don't scroll through this. This is something I, I would really like for you to share with everyone that you could possibly share this with, not because of me, but because of the Word of God and the importance of this message. Uh, typically, I like to try to keep these things, uh, you know, 20 minutes or so, but I have got to preach the Word here to you, and I hope that you latch on to this. This is probably going to be one of the most important sermons you will ever hear. This could quite possibly be uh, the most important sermon I've preached. Uh, today, what God has given me to address uh, is the very root of our human nature and the battle that we all must fight against satanic forces that want to destroy us, destroy your life, destroy your family. I hope you listen to this, what God has given me it. It has blessed me to hear it first from the Lord, and I am passing it on, for I am His messenger. I'm just a preacher. I get the Word and I pass it on. And I want you to hear this. And this has been taught many times, I'm sure. The idea of spiritual spiritual warfare has been taught throughout the ages. But I want to get into your role in the battle for your own soul. You have a a battle that is going on that will that will either take your life or you will be delivered from it. But there is an actual battle going on to take your eternal destiny from you in heaven. I want you to understand that. Now, I'm going to read the scripture in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 through 17 and it says this. It says a final word I love this when Paul does this. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. The very first line here in verse 10 tells us to be strong in Jesus and in his power. I want you to hear that. Not your power, not your capability, not your ability to think, not your ability to maneuver, but be strong in the Lord's power. The problem is... People don't know how to do that these days. Preachers don't preach on this kind of stuff these days. A lot of people don't even know what spiritual warfare is. But listen to this. I don't want to get ahead of myself. He says, put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. I'm reading this out of the NLT so that you can get a clear concept of what the word is saying. So pay attention to this. Don't let... Don't let traditions and and all this kind of stuff blind you to this. I want you to hear the word, okay? For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. But yet, don't we do that so much? We try to fight spiritual things with fleshly things. You will fail every single time. Every time. Satan will destroy you with it. Listen. We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits 
in heavenly places. I want you to hear that. Wow. He says, therefore put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Father in heaven, we pray in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for this sermon, God. I pray for the word that you've given me, that you would anoint me, Lord. Allow me to preach it as you've given it to me, God. And Lord, may it go through this, through the air, Lord, into the the, the hearers' ears and into their soul, God, and affect them. The, the Word of God tells us, Lord, that the Word accomplishes that which it is sent, and we're asking for that accomplishment in our lives. We submit to it fully. God, help us this day. Help us to understand the, 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 the fiery trials and the tribulations that are coming to us in these latter times that we're living in and the spiritual warfare that is going on all around us while we turn a deaf eye or a deaf ear to it, Lord, and, a, and, a, and we don't pay attention to the things that are happening. Lord, help us, I pray, God. Help us to see clearly through the lens of Christ, Lord, and have understanding in our heart and spiritual wisdom. And we ask this in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Please understand that this sermon has been given to me from heaven for us all. I always tell people that. I don't preach from a book other than the Bible, and everything that God gives me is God-breathed. And every real preacher out there should be receiving from God and giving to God's people. That is the way it is meant to be. I don't want nothing more than to see people get saved. That's the only re reason why I'm doing these podcasts. I care nothing to have my name known, uh, to be someone's idol. Uh, all I care about is get, giving you what God gives me so we can live after this life is over. I don't, I don't care if you know my name, but I do want you to know the name of Jesus. Listen, that's what I'm doing this for. And if I get out of line with that, I hope God sidelines me forever because I don't want to be the main attraction. Listen, we are in a battle for our lives. These last days that we are in are more than perilous. I mean, the scripture says we are in perilous times. Uh, uh, is what it says. And to say, uh, to say that to the very least perilous in many ways, not only is it physically dangerous in this world, but it's tremendously spiritually dangerous right now. Let me ask you a serious question, a very, very serious question. Do you even know how to fight in spiritual warfare? I want you to think about that for a moment. How much time do you spend fighting spiritual warfare? Do you know even what it is? How long have you been a Christian? Has anyone ever taught you? Most likely, 
Some of you have not even been taught. I don't say this to our shame, to your shame, to my shame. It's just today's culture, the average churchgoer doesn't take the act of going to church all that very seriously. It's more of a social time. It's more of a tradition. It's something we always did. It was something we were brought up in. And so we do it because daddy did it. Grandpa did it. Cousin did it. It's a time to be with our family. It's a time to talk to folks, etc., etc. I've pastored Jesus's church for 30 years. I know what I'm talking about. I've seen it. There are people that go to church their whole life and they're never saved. There are people that go to church that think they're a Christian and they are not. There are people that go to church and are never taught anything because their pastors only preach these ear-tickling little sermons that mean nothing, that have no exegetical teaching to it whatsoever. They don't even know what they're talking about. They just preach on a topic and that's good enough. And they leave you wanting and in want. And you don't know how to fight the battle. Listen. They go to church, get some ear-tickling sermon. They go home and live their lives without much thought about how Satan is absolutely trying to destroy them. These kind of people, they go on to live their spiritual life somewhere in spiritual left field. Many preachers today, they just preach on topics, but they don't teach or preach exegetically. Let me, let, let me explain to you what this means and how this can negatively impact the hearers of such preachers, so-called. In other words, they're not spending enough time spent uh, carefully analyzing biblical passages in order to produce useful interpretations of the scriptures. To understand the culture of that day and to see the true meaning of the word the average Christian person out there stands in great peril as they seek a popular figure that they can follow but think nothing about the war that they are engaged in, nor do most people understand how to fight spiritually. Like I said, most pastors preach these warm and fuzzy little sermons that has little meat on the bones and it makes everyone feel better, but they have given no understanding in how to live this life we are in and how to serve Christ in it and survive in it. The scripture says, and I want you to hear this, my people are destroyed for their lack of knowledge. I want you to understand what God just said here. He said, my people, not the world, not Joe unsaved out there. He said, my people are destroyed for their lack of knowledge. If you belong to God, guess what? That's you. What you don't know can end up hurting you. There is no way to engage in spiritual warfare when you don't know who your enemy is nor his tactics. I have preached this for years you must know that. Look at our military. It's highly trained in how to fight a war, but they're also highly trained 
and how our enemies fight wars so we can win and overcome their tactics and counter what they're doing. Trust me. Like I said, I have pastored the Lord's church for nearly three decades, and I have preached many a sermon on the actions of the enemy. If you can't identify the enemy, he will cause you to become lost in the wilderness of warfare, and you will easily be undone by Satan as he attacks your mind, your thought life, your behavior, your passions, etc. If you cannot identify him, if you don't know his tactics, you're done. You'll be lost. The book of Ephesians clearly and utterly tells us that we are to, to not have anything to do with darkness. Why? Because we have such a drawl to it, folks. Listen to me. You can't have anything to do with evil because evil will make its abode in you and it will it will it will it will absolutely exploit your most weakest parts of your spiritual makeup. Listen. Ephesians 5, 5 through 20. Listen at this. This is what Paul tells the church folks of Ephesus. He says in verse 5, you can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Listen to that. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all. Listen to that. All, that means everyone, who disobey him. Listen, he's got to tell the churches, don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people live of light. For this light within you produces only what is good, right, and true. Carefully determine What pleases the Lord? Verse 11 says, Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil. And instead, listen at this, expose the darkness. Expose them. Verse 12 says, It is shameful to even talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible That is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So, live by the Spirit's power. Be careful how you live, verse 15. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, listen at this, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, and making music to the Lord in your hearts, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, that was beautiful. 
that was all about spiritual warfare. You can clearly see that Paul was preaching this to those who were saved, those who were in church. These passages were all about spiritual warfare and instructions on how to counter it, how to live it, how to do it. It was so easy for the people in the church of Ephesus to fall back into darkness, as it said, just like, a, uh, just like it is for us today. In verse 7, he has to tell the church not to particip participate in the nasty, evil things the world was doing because Satan will dangle that sick, evil candy in front of you, and with little temptation, we have a tendency to latch onto it. The scripture we are to know produces counters to the tactics of our enemy. Listen to this. 2 Corinthians 1.23, it says this, So that Satan will not outsmart us, we are familiar with his schemes. There is so much evil in the world today that we live in. The transgenderism thing, the gay uprising, violence at high levels, media deception. We are under attack from the ground up. And the question is, are you ready to fight it? Or do you just turn a blind eye to things? Easy come, easy go. Does it even matter to you? Seriously, have you prayed very much at all about these things and this utterly crazy, evil, spiritual attack that is uh, on our society and our churches? Have you even thought about that? Are you walking into battle with a little play cap gun that will leave you totally decimated when you reach the conflict? <laughs> Do you know about spiritual warfare but don't practice it? That's a real problem. People can oftentimes talk about spiritual warfare and fighting the devil and doing this, but do we do it? The scripture says we have authority in Jesus' name, but listen, we toss that authority to the side and choose comfort over obedience to the word. And thank God Jesus wasn't like that. We're so... Caesar milk toast about things, limp-wristed and weak-kneed. When the battle rages, we just turn a deaf ear to it. Let me tell you something about Jesus. When the battle got real in the Garden of Gethsemane, he just didn't give in. When his sweat turned into great drops of blood, when the enemy was pressing upon him, when sin was being laid upon him, brother, he didn't take the easy way out. He exposed the works of darkness, the scripture says, and brought them to an open shame, defeating the devil and taking the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and forever building a bridge for us that would take us to heaven to all who would believe. Our Lord was no spiritual wimp. Many preachers have all the sound bites down, you know, all the cliche things to say from the pulpit. They have their salary, and that's about as far as it goes for them. Let's stand in Jesus' name and get back into the battle to save lives and be the and to be the church that He intended us to be. Quit worrying about the suit that you're wearing, the money in the bank, the color of the cushions on on the pews, and let's get back into focus. Focus what God wants us to do. 
I want to talk to you about something called inspired sin is what I call it. You've got to understand this about yourself. You may say, what is that? Let me tell you, inspired sin is something that is in your life that is so attached to you that it's inspiring you to sin. It compels you to sin. You may not want to, but it's it's locked into you. It's a part of you. I've talked before in church about the difference between iniquity and sin. Sin is something we do. Iniquity is sin that we do on purpose. The reason we sin on purpose, and this is all a part of spiritual warfare, and the reason why we commit iniquity is there is usually attached to a person a type of sin that they are highly vulnerable to. It's inspiring to their fallen nature and gives them such a such a uh, euphoric feeling when they do it. You might feel bent towards doing it even. You know you shouldn't, but you do, and you hate yourself for it later. I'm talking to somebody out there. This is inspired sin to you. Satan's inspiration to get you to do the unthinkable. It's gotten into your life. It's now built into your character and you, you just can't seem to shake it. This is demon, demonic inspired sin. It's a stronghold of the devil in your life that is controlled by an evil spirit that, listen to me, wants to destroy you. Your only hope is to engage in spiritual warfare, and you must allow Jesus Christ to deliver you by fully submitting to him for your deliverance. You, my friend, are in the middle of spiritual warfare, and your soul is at stake. You must understand that there are spirits behind everything that is evil and contrary to the word of God that's out there that we just throw into our lives and we become a part of. Satan is behind anything with an occultic nature, anything that is fleshly or against God, anything lustful, anything that can addict you, anything that can take your will from you and defeat it. uh, And to defeat it, you must totally and utterly submit to the authority of Christ in your life. Anything that takes your will from you that you can't overcome is absolutely demonic. When there is sin that's inspiring to you, that compels you, whenever you engage with things that are evil, that comes into your life and makes makes its abode in you. In other words, such things as witchcraft of all forms, occultic movies, activities, pornography, etc. That spirit slowly starts to take you over. When you get in, compelled by that inspired sin and you engage with it, whatever that is for you, and you just can't help it and you don't want to do it, but you do it anyway, that has a spirit behind it. And it makes its abode in you and slowly starts to take you over. Listen, the next thing you know, you will be doing things you never thought you would 
ever do. You will be so lost from where you once were in God. You will have an aha moment when you clearly see you are in the darkest place in your soul that it will take absolutely the power of God to rescue you from it. Or you will make hell your home. Lost and undone, sin will always take you far farther than you ever thought you would go. Listen to what God said about sin's inspiring ways in the book of Deuteronomy 5, 6 through 10. This is what God says. Listen to this. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You see, slavery, it, it, it's we, we get in bondage and sin. Listen to this. You shall have no other gods before me, God says. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. Listen, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of their fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who keep, who love me and keep my commandments. This is those inspired sins. People that, that had once been delivered out of the land of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, who had been worshiping idols, etc. They had been delivered from it. And God is, God is saying, listen, don't let Satan inspire you to go back to that. Or I'll punish your children's 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 children. One thing I can say for sure to you is that Satan tries to mimic everything God has done. After all, his desire, his desire was to be God. In the book of Matthew eleven twenty eight, listen to this. Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Listen, that is the antidote to sin's toxins. Salvation and regeneration to the soul is what we're speaking of there, is what Jesus said. But listen, Satan loves to play God, and he does just exactly the opposite. Satan and his demons who are all around you in your life and in all aspects of your life say the same thing to you to woo you to come to them. Come to me, and I'll give you whatever you want. I'll give you pleasure. I'll give you the fame and the notoriety that you, you have been wanting so much. I'll give you money and all that the world can offer to you. Satan woos you with it. And your flesh wants it so bad. And he begins to inspire you towards it. Let me tell you, Satan's way is to seduce you into evil to tantalize your most inner desires and introduce you to the prostituted truth. The prostituted truth, that's the woman described in the book of Revelations who sits on the back of the devil. She looks like the bride of Christ, who are all Christian people, but she represents a prostituted truth. Don't fall for her seductions. 
Once she catches you, brothers and sisters, you are forever imprisoned in the bondage of sin, and your only way out is through Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. But let me tell you, there is a lot of suffering in that prison. There is a lot of heartache by the time a person realizes it's going to take Jesus to get them out. There are families that get broken. There are lives that get destroyed. There are people that get destroyed. Let me tell you, it is a wreckage to her seductions and bondage. So finally, I tell you, use your spiritual authority to understand what to do. You're going to have to get into the Word. You're going to have to read the Bible. You have been transformed into a child of God. And God has given us authority to use the name of Jesus. We are family with Him. Live the word. Don't just read it. Make God a real part of every moment of your life. Learn about the tactics of the devil so you can identify them and counter them in your life. Do you know that Jesus preached more on hell than heaven? Why? Because it's a real destiny for those who get defeated in spiritual warfare. Don't let the world... And fleshly things dominate your life. Live your life in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Let your life be in the Holy Spirit. Father in heaven, I pray in Jesus' name. God, I pray for anyone that's listening to this, Lord, that they, if they don't know you, God, that they would ask to be forgiven. Lord, that they would get straight with you, Lord God, that if there's any secret sins, any any strongholds of the devil, that in the name of Jesus, God, you would drive it from them, God, that they would latch onto your hand and want to be delivered, God. I pray for deliverance for all who hear this message. I pray for salvation for those who hear it, God, that they would be delivered, Lord, from the power of the devil. Do your work, Lord, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.